a podcast to honor the gods. This better come with a sacrifice. Dave X Media. The ground rumbled beneath me. The skeletons froze. I rolled out of the way just as a crack opened at the feet of the four warriors. The ground ripped apart like a snapping mouth. Flames erupted from the fissure, and the earth swallowed the skeletons in one loud crunch. Silence. In the place where the skeletons had stood, a twenty-foot-long scar wove across the marble floor of the pavilion. Otherwise, there was no sign of the warriors. Welcome to Of the Eldest Gods, where we discuss Rick Riordan's role as our godly parent. I'm Ray from Cabin 12. And I'm Charlie from Cabin 13. And I'm Blake from Cabin 15. Hello! Hello! Woo! Hello! Um, y'all might, uh, recognize Blake's voice from our, uh, the, the Hades episode that we did a while back with Taylor, where, where Blake and I, uh, explained the game <laughs> in, in a PowerPoint-esque format. It was, it was great. We re-released that to the main feed recently. Oh yeah, it was a delight. Yeah. Love that episode. <laughs> well, it was real fun. I'm glad to be back. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't remember if we actually, like, introduced all of your stuff in that. So we're going to do that now again, my dude. <laughs> okay. So tell us a little bit about you, your pronouns, how you got into the series, all that stuff. Well, my pronouns are they, them, or z, them. I got that one. In other news, um, I started reading, you know, like in elementary school, when you start reading middle grade novels, um, I really enjoyed it like a lot right off the bat. Nico in particular was an especially important character to me throughout my life. So mood. Uh, here I am. Talk about Nico. That, that is why you're here. <laughs> yeah. Then it's Nico time. <laughs> He's entered his angst era. <laughs> <laughs> it begins. <laughs> oh my goodness. And and what's what's the exact chapter title here? It's I get a new enemy for Christmas. And if I've planned this correctly, this this comes out like right after Christmas. This episode. Oh, fuck yeah, Charlie. I you're, you're, you're all planning together. It it's all coming purpose. together. <laughs> I did it. I did it, y'all. Fuck yeah. Uh, yeah, well. What? <laughs> y'all just keep staring at me, and I'm like, am I the only person here? Uh, I, th- I think... Okay, I so... Mean, yeah, I don't think we can stare really anywhere else. I'm just looking into the camera. We are Looks looking. into the camera. Um, um, Blake was saying that they're from... Uh, Hypnos Cabin, they're a child of Hypnos, cause, uh, Z's sleepy all the time. And I'm like, me too, bro. And so I think it's because we're both falling asleep on you, Charlie. <laughs> we're just like yeah. sitting here. It's we're true. like, Charlie, you gotta, you gotta have all the energy for the podcast. You know, I what? was taking a power nap before this started. There's really not much I can do about it. I will have all the energy to talk about my brother, Nico D'Angelo. Nico. Honestly, he is my son and boy. Like, you can finally talk about. I know I say that about a lot of boys, but true, you do. <laughs> you were recently telling me about your newest son and boy. We'll get to that. I'll. I'll. I'll we'll get to that in plugs <laughs> at the end. <laughs> Oh my goodness. Um, anyways, y'all want, uh, some chapter summary summarizing? Yeah. Yeah. What, what is that what you want? Who is this enemy we got for Christmas? I wonder who it could be. Who could it be? Hmm. I, I, we've said a a name several times so far, but I guess we'll find out. Um, (laughs) first, Percy has to make some phone calls or iris messages, whatever you want to call them. I am. Indeed, indeed, indeed. Uh, we catch up with Tyson and Sally, who is once again hanging out with her friend, mm. heavy air quotes. Mm. Um, <laughs> they were holding hands. Uh, Clarice comes back from her cryptic quest with some cryptic bad news, and that will probably never come up ever again, because nope. uh, nothing cryptic ever does in this series. Um, Chiron tells Annabeth and Percy that the Titans will probably make their first attack on Camp Half-Blood, so that sounds totally fine, and I'm sure that won't come 
come up again. Um, then we discover that apparently no one told Nico his sister fucking died because they're all bad people, I guess. So now a 14 year old has to do it. Um, Percy did not have to do it. Percy yeah, should I, not I, have been the one to do it. They're like, oh, we wanted to wait for, for you to come back to tell him. It's like, why? Why would you need yeah, to do no, that? That's shitty. I get waiting for the, the quest comers to like come back, but like it shouldn't have been Percy to do it. No, it did not need know? to be Percy at all. I feel like. Like, why is that Percy's responsibility? Percy stood up and took that responsibility because no one else was fucking going to. Because he's yeah. actually a good person. You're right. Unlike everyone else in this camp, I guess. You're right. Anyways, you anyways, <laughs> we'll have to get on into it later. <laughs> so Nico is understandably a little bit upset. Just you a know. Bit. Just, just a little. And, and then they get attacked by skeletons. Kind of forgot about those guys. <laughs> TBH. It's like the snail Remember that catches how up with you. Chased by skeletons. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Percy does his best. Nico's having a freak out, <clears throat> and then a flaming fissure opens in the ground and swallows up the undead. Uh, so uh, those are perhaps some clues uh, that we might be putting together, like in an episode of Blue's Clues. <laughs> <laughs> like we're like, mm, I'm s- it's all coming together. <laughs> that was like three memes in one. I'm connected the two dots. You did connect Yeah, shit. exactly. <laughs> Except in this it's case, like, we did connect them. We were correct. It's like we have a cork board with red string, except we really did not need it. We needed a cartoon dog <laughs> to put some paw prints. Anyways. So, and Nico runs the fuck off, and Percy decides not to tell anyone about any of that, which is certainly a choice. And I'm sure that will never come back again. Nope, not at all. And apparently children get eaten by monsters often enough that that's just like fine. And no one is worried about that. It's they can whatever. get eaten by the it's- harpies. That's a- And that's like totally valid. Yeah. They're allowed to get eaten by the harpies. Okay. It's it's just if like you you hear that kind of thing a lot and it feels like a joke is the thing but when it happens to someone you know you're like hmm actually I think maybe this is fucked up yeah <laughs> just a little bit maybe anyways and then the book will end on one last cliffhanger because we needed another one <laughs> uh, Pan tells Grover to get packing. I await you. Apparently, we're gonna see him soon. And that is the final chapter. It, the the setup chapter. The chapter of setting up. <laughs> like, we always get our nice little cliffhangers. We always get our, our little plot threads. But my god. This is a lot. Alright. Just a bit. Just a bit. <laughs> oh my goodness. Well, y'all, for, for my segment... Um, I really struggled just a little bit trying to find <laughs> some kind of myth to share with y'all. And I, I usually, I am usually able to come up with something that relates to the chapter and I did my fucking best. So in case you missed it, but um, but um, uh, we're going to be talking about this, this deity named Angelos and Angelus, Angelia. Yeah. That, <laughs> Close enough. I'm sorry, Grace. <laughs> You know what? It's important because Nico's last name. That's why I'm like, fucking found it. I connected the dots. I did it. <laughs> so we actually have like uh, a Greek character ha- who has a name similar to Nico. Very cool. She's the daughter of Zeus and Hera, who's the Chthonic di- deity. And if you don't know what that means, it what? means underworld. Is she really? Apparently. Oh, there is no. not much here. How about that? But it does say that she's related oh, to, like, the underworld. I and was also... confused because I thought you were saying Hera was a Catholic deity. No, <laughs> and I was like, no, no, this, this goddess. <laughs> yeah, I see, I see, Angelos. Gotcha. Yeah, Angelos. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it, possibly she might be an equivalent to you, Hecate, who is, like, the goddess of witchcraft, also... An underworld deity. Makes sense. It also says there's a connection to Artemis, which, you know what? That's very, that's pretty cool because of how Bianca became a hunter. Yeah. No, uh-huh. this is literally perfect. Uh, like, An- Angelos, underworld, Artemis. Yeah, it's, I've connected the dots. <laughs> <laughs> we have. This is, this is one of my theories. I know you love my, my little crackpot theories, and this is one of them. So, 
Yeah, before before we were talking about like whether or not Nico was one of the characters Rick named after one of his students, and I can't remember if he is, but it it just like it fits so well that he like made him a son of Hades and made Bianca a hunter of Artemis based off mm-hmm. of this one random connection. <laughs> um yeah, yeah. That's really all it has here, honestly, is that she's her name is possibly like an epithet or she just kind of existed. She's just she's just an underworld goddess and that's all that really exists here. Fascinating. It's it's good enough for me. I I like it. I I if that is intentional, which it very well could be, that slaps. If it <laughs> yeah. wasn't intentional, it was a very lovely coincidence. How about that? Heck yeah. Yeah. I needed I needed something for this. I'm trying to get a myth for every chapter, if possible. It's gonna get harder later on. I appreciate it, Charlie. I'm proud of you, honestly. <laughs> I'm I'm doing it. I'm doing the gods' work. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's let's talk about this enemy we get for Christmas. Um, I I I don't like calling Nico an enemy. He's just yeah. a little guy. Yeah, it hurts. At <laughs> Percy, like Nico thinks he, Nico thinks that Percy is his enemy now, but Percy doesn't need to think of Nico as an enemy. It's it's more the fact that he's like Nico is going to be an antagonist to me. Not that mm-hmm. like I think he's bad. I want to help him, but he thinks that I'm bad and he's going to do things against me in the future. Presumably. Maybe it's fine. <laughs> he's just a little guy. He is. A little guy who can swallow up four skeletons. He's like ten. <laughs> <laughs> he opens up like a 20-foot long trench in the ground and swallows yeah. the skeletons whole with the ground. It's like a whole thing. So I do understand so, why you're a child of Hades, uh, Charlie. You do? I, you know, when you hear something like that, you gotta, you gotta feel a little goth. You gotta be like, mm, I wish that was me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, but also, Nico's an earthbender. Um, that too. <laughs> we have a waterbender and an earthbender, and Dali is a lightning bender. <laughs> We're getting them. Excellent. We're getting there. So I I found the part where Nico says that he can sense Bianca in the fields of Asphodel being evaluated like just wild. And also it reminded me of how uh when they when Bianca dies, um, they can't find her body, and so it's kind of left like like is she really dead? And then it's like Nico right there confirms it for you. Like, yes, she is Mm -hmm. dead, and I know. I know for a fact. I thought that was cool. Yeah, we should talk about that a little bit more later because we kept because like during that chapter, we had a really long conversation about like how that was kind of weirdly ambiguous. So that's, that is interesting. It's like, what happened to her body? Did her body, like, disappear? Or, like, is it just because you can't have a body in a children's book? Um, <laughs> but also Luke possibly. can get his spine broken, but I guess he's fine, so it Luke is matter. fine. He's not a child. <laughs> <laughs> that's true, too. That is an I- adult. <laughs> I feel like he's basically a child. His That's also is. true. Like you're fucking twenty or some shit. You're just like a baby. Yeah, but he's I'm also still a man when we talk about the love triangle. So, mm. <laughs> yeah, that is no. gross. Um, so so we talked to Tyson again. It's been a minute since we've seen our yeah. big boy, the best boy. Tyson is such a good boy. Um, he yeah. made two thousand seven hundred and forty-one magic swords. Because he fucking slaps. He's so talented. I'm so proud of him. He found one (laughs) thing he's good at, and he did it just over and over and over again. I think that's great. That is what you have to do when you're neurodivergent. (laughs) You're like, I got this thing. And everyone else is like, aren't you bored? And you're like, no. No, I'm going to make another magic sword. (laughs) You know, he found his place in the capitalist society of the gods. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Therefore, he has value. Do they pay Tyson? (laughs) Maybe in peanut butter? Um, You know, something he likes. Uh, I love that, like, Percy's like, oh, I broke the shield. I'm sorry. And Tyson's like, oh, but it saved your life. It's fine. Yeah. That's so so fucking sweet. Yeah. Oh, my God. It's like Tyson gets it. He gets what what he made that shield for. Or, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. He saved his brother. And he says that he's going to come and fix it later. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, Because apparently he gets the summer off. So there's another setup for the next book, which is presumably happening in the summer. So (laughs) I'm going to start, like, counting. That's one piece of setup is that Tyson's Tyson's presumably going to be there. Every time we talk about a setup thing, you got a drink <laughs> for every single one of them. 
that's the drinking game of the episode yeah i'm glad that we're gonna see tyson again next book like maybe in more capacity than this book (laughs) (laughs) any little bit of tyson we get i'm i'm pleased with I love him. He is my special boy. Love him. And then we see Sally with her yeah. friend. Her friend. Her friend. Mr. Blowfish. <laughs> uh, I like when she's like, don't call Mr. Blowfish to his face. And Percy's like, no promises. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's fine. <laughs> it's good. Is it, how is it, is it supposed to be pronounced Blowfish? Like, yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's it. It's just it's just with blowfish without an H. Alrighty. <laughs> it's so stupid. <laughs> but it's cute. Paul. I know you like the pun names, Charlie. <laughs> I do. Okay. I live for the pun names. I have my theories, you know. We've about all played why Ace the... Attorney here. We all love the pun names. This is true. This is true. true. We have all played Ace Attorney. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so Paul is here, and he's immediately told to go to the other room, because Iris message time with Sally. (laughs) He's gone for a while while they're just, like, chatting about everything that happened in the past, like, week. Well, he mentions that he he asks, like, whether, do you need the green binder or the red one? I'd like to think he was just standing there staring at them for, like, a good (laughs) 20 minutes, just like, which one did she want? That's a mood. I've done that. I am that person. Okay, is Paul eavesdropping? I know he's not, but like, honestly, that's the only logical explanation, is that he's just like, damn, is she talking to uh, a, bo- a boy floating in the air? I don't know what's happening. He's just like, I didn't hear the phone ring, but I, I'm pretty sure she's talking to her son. What's happening? Mm-hmm. Question How? Okay, does Paul count as set up for the next book? Since, like, we know that Sally's happy with him, so, like, he could presumably stick say, around. Technically, yeah. All right, that's two yeah. then. <laughs> I, I think, I think so, because it's, it's there. It's definitely like, Sally's happy. The fact, the yeah. fact that Sally's like, I'm gonna explain, like, what's happening, and he's like, are you happy? That's all that matters. Like, he doesn't care. Yeah. Yeah. It's, cause, <laughs> Okay, that scene, I actually really love it because he's like, so how's that writing seminar going? Mm -hmm. And she's like, I can explain. And he's like, actually don't. (laughs) But what he says is, are you happy? And she's like, yeah, I am. And... I I really love the lines there because Percy says something about even knowing like what I'd I'd just seen how mean people could be to each other like Hercules was to Zoe or how like Luke was to Thalia and I'd met Aphrodite in person and her powers had scared me worse than Ares but he couldn't help but feeling happy for his mom and that's like that's actually like my favorite part of this beginning of the chapter here. Until we get to the Nico stuff, I'm like, this is the most important thing. Yeah. <laughs> also, I, I like that Aphrodite thing. <laughs> that's interesting. I so, love like how like he just has hope that his mom can still be happy and all that stuff. It's just yeah, a nice yeah. thing to have. Like after all that. Mm-hmm. Yep. She's gonna be happy with Rick's self-insert, Paul. <laughs> I mean, why wouldn't you want to date Sally Jackson, TBH? She's a milf. I'm just saying. I, I wasn't gonna say it, but <laughs> I'm gonna say it. I'm always gonna say that. There there were a lot of um parental figures in this chapter. In this book, <laughs> we talked about how uh, Professor Chase was a dilf a lot. Just so just you know, lot. like yeah, no, I, I understand that. Uh, I, I I picked out <laughs> Percy calling him handsome. I zoomed in on it. It's like <laughs> bisexual. Hmm. We know it. We know it. Yeah, but I do love this like um comparison here with like the whole Aphrodite like. We're, we're talking about the ships. We're talking about Hercules and Zoe and Luke and Thalia. I don't know that that's a ship, that's, but okay. <laughs> that, that is what's happening here. We're, we're talking about the influence of Aphrodite's powers in that paragraph. Hmm. That, that's kind of what it's supposed to be about, right? Yeah, I guess you're right. That is the implication. But I got the impression that Hercules was much, much older than Zoe, and that makes me very uncomfortable. So mythologically, yes. But I I know that like in later books, when when things are brought up about like the heroes, they're always represented as being like teenagers to bring mm-hmm. it back to the whole like, this is middle grade. Yeah, and also like, that you have to compare sense. them to Percy because... Mm-hmm. They all have to be like the, oh, we died young as heroes kind of thing. But mythologically, yeah, he would have been old. Just a little old. (laughs) (laughs) Eh, I don't want to think about that too much. (laughs) Yeah. I don't... (sighs) 
Yeah. I don't know that I read this as all being romantic, but I guess that that is the implication bringing up Aphrodite. But but at the same time, it's like none of those relationships were like neither of those relationships because we only really bring up two is were actually dating relationships, you know. Mm-hmm. So it's like kind of vague. Yeah, but I I feel like that's the implication from like yeah yeah what happened, how like Thalia saw Luke, how Zoe saw Hercules, and they were like abused by these men true true yeah it's all great stuff but you know it's mythology that's how it be so on to a happier thing um percy's getting blue candy in his stocking yeah blue candy (laughs) never too old for blue candy i love that and then percy thinks to himself his mom really is cool she is she's the (laughs) coolest mom ever i want to know if she makes her own candy Because she doesn't work at that place anymore. So does she, like, does she just go buy candy or does she make her own candy? Uh, I was assuming just, like, buy it and then, like, sort out all the blue ones. Because that's cute also, just, like, sorting True. out the blue Jolly Ranchers and stuff. Mm-hmm. But she could be, like, making, whipping up a little batch of it. That would be very cute. Like, I definitely see her. Because she makes her own, like, blue chocolate chip cookies. I see yeah, her yeah. as that kind of mom yeah. who, like, makes and bakes sweets and stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, candy is just like hard without specialized equipment, but like you can do it. You just have to know what you're doing. And I don't. So every time I've tried, it doesn't work. But she works somewhere. So she probably knows. I'm how. sure she's able to make some of the candy and also get some blue Skittles or whatever to mix in. <laughs> exactly. Make it or fill like- up the stocking. They're, they're in New York. There's, like, the M&M's place where they have, like, the blue M&M's, right? They're, they, they, yeah, they've I got that. I have no idea. Okay. <laughs> yeah, they have the little, like, towers of M&M's and you can get a specific color. Um, exactly. That's and that's what but I do. I feel like that I'm takes there. part of. I feel like that takes part of the joy out of sorting through M and M's and getting out the blue yeah. ones. True. And then she just eats all the rest of them for herself, <laughs> and just gives the blue ones to Percy. <laughs> this is not me giving you my leftovers. This is love. <laughs> exactly. Well, we are back at camp, and um, all. Uh, Grover spreads, spreads the word and now all of the satyrs are looking for espresso bars. Oh my god. <laughs> is coffee really the answer? Is coffee the Apparently answer? So. Coffee is always the answer. <laughs> well, I know you would say that. <laughs> you, like, I know I drink more coffee than you and I know I just made that joke, but I also don't drink that much coffee. You know what? Everyone drinks more coffee than me. Therefore, therefore, <laughs> that's how it works. That's all I have to say. Coffee is not always the answer. It could be if you believed hard enough. Which these um, satyrs seem to be doing. Believing. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> they believe. They believe in Peter Pan. I um. Uh, that that was a bit of a stretch, Charlie. <laughs> I tried. Okay, I'm trying here. <laughs> I'm. Pr- I. It, it was a thinker. It took me a second. <laughs> You're welcome. I'm. I'm always here for it. Well, we got to talk about. Um, the things we're not going to talk about because Clarice is back, but she's not going to talk about her mission at all. Yeah, we're just going to drop in that there's bad news and then just entirely ignore that. It's we'll fine. deal with the bad news later. <laughs> you know what? I think we could talk about the fact that like Rick writes a lot of short stories like after this. He has never written a short story or anything about Clarice's little adventure. Hmm, that's too bad. That's so sad. I do need more Clarice content. Like, she's very interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She had, like, a whole, like, arc in the last book. Right? And now her and Percy have, like, begrudging respect, I think. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> well, Percy's thinking about, um, Rachel, our girl. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Red. He's only alive because this random mortal help- helped him. He's only yeah. alive for many small reasons <laughs> but specifically he talks about rachel and i know someone here loves rachel so yeah i do i'm <laughs> sorry also we might have to cut this out but set up number three <laughs> i don't i i don't think that's a spoiler i think that's just like set up i number think three. That, that is a spoiler but i think that we already spoiled it during the rachel chapter so <laughs> she gets three names you know she's coming back True. <laughs> Anyways, so setup number three. <laughs> oh wait, no, that's four. <laughs> I just wait, the- skipped over the bad news. That's true. That's true. That's so that's four setups so far. Yeah, that's what we're up to. <laughs> and then Luke is back. We we know that Luke is five. alive. 
this is like the third time we've talked about Luke is actually alive. Yeah. Um, but informing Chiron of it is important. So um, I would mix that with the setup that eventually Camp Half-Blood is likely to be attacked. Luke is alive and they're eventually, they're going to attack Camp Half-Blood is setup number five. Yeah. Yeah. It sucks. But, you know, we got two more years before the final battle or whatever that'll be. So who knows? Who knows what'll happen? Um, yeah. Hmm. And again, we we get the whole like Clarice has news, but we're not gonna talk about it. Just it's literally just cut off because Nico, Nico is here. Nico and Nico. It's, it's always it's all about Nico. It's all about God, Nico. This shit breaks my heart because he just is really excited and he's like, "Hey, where's my sister?" And I'm like. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> he was like waiting for her to come back like for so long and then I cannot believe no one fucking told him. Chiron, what are you doing? Remember You're an adult. He doesn't tell people anything. We know this. I- no, he does not. He's a piece of shit, TVH. Just for this. Like, I'm so angry. I know that this is just because we wanted Percy to have this scene, and then we'll have, like, all the proper setup for these characters, and, like, it's important, but I'm, I'm, I cannot. Like, it happens for plot reasons, but I cannot reconcile. (laughs) This is so shitty. Like, did you, were you gonna say something? I don't remember. I'm sorry. Sorry. I, I steamroll. No, that's okay. I just have no memory. <laughs> that's true. This is true. I know you don't. Um, well, yeah, as, as we already explained earlier, Percy's like, well, no one else is gonna fucking talk to him. So I guess I have to because I'm a self sacrificial, you know, boy. He says, that he felt like he owed it to Bianca, which means he's still feeling guilty about that, which yeah. is about to get a lot worse. Yep, just a bit. Um, he he gives Nico the the little figurine, and God, Nico, Nico's words are stabbing Percy. You promised you would protect her. Mm. Remember, remember that chapter title. I yeah. What, what was it? Just I make a promise or something. Yep. Uh, I make a dangerous promise. Oh no, uh, there it that is. danger is coming to fruition. <laughs> yep. That chapter title was a prophecy. <laughs> there you go. Uh, you you promised. Yeah. Um. Okay. Okay. Nico's having nightmares. I. Yes, I, that's ominous. I want some explanations. We're not going to get him, but I want to know. What is he dreaming about? Okay. And then Percy act- actively says, she might be alive. I don't know for sure. And then Nico confirms Bianca's dead. Yeah. Uh, so he can feel that she's in Asphodel being judged, which I think is really interesting. You know, like, Hades kids get a lot of shit. <laughs> <laughs> So, not that Percy doesn't get a lot of shit. Like, sometimes you get on a boat and you're very surprised that you can uh, move sails with your mind. But yeah. it's not as exciting as knowing knowing when someone what's is happening dead. to dead people. Yeah. <laughs> that must be a fun ability to have, you know. Yeah. I assume yeah. he gets it even more because he's connected to her. Like, if it were just a mm, random definitely. person, he wouldn't know immediately. He'd probably have to, like, focus his energy or something. But it's Bianca. Yeah. It's his sister. So he knows. Yeah. He knows so Hades kid pros you get a lot of shit cons most of it sucks (laughs) you know there will be better powers okay (laughs) that's all i'm gonna say uh but yeah uh (laughs) but for now all he can do is open a gaping maw in the ground oh yeah no big deal Yeah. Okay. So, so Percy's like, uh, uh, not understanding the Hades thing at first. He's like, wait, 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 how do you know? And then skeletons and attacking. Nico thinks Percy wants to kill him? Yeah, that's interesting. That's upsetting. Oh, God. Uh, And Percy's like, no, no, I was being chased by skeletons, bro. And then he says, I don't trust you. Yeah. Oh, my God. I'm gonna cry. I'm gonna cry. So he's for real just a little guy. Yeah, Percy can't do this by himself. There's like four of them and and he's just like he's just there and Nico is just there. Yeah. It's kind of skimmed over like it's a really quick scene. This whole chapter feels very quick like all of this part which kind of makes sense to me because we don't really want to like uh draw out that conversation because it's really uncomfortable but Mm -hmm. (laughs) but like remember these skeletons were a big fucking deal (laughs) 
They mm-hmm. kind of beat the shit out of them. Percy almost died. He got shot once. You know, it, he his cool uh, toxic masculinity cloak was the only <laughs> reason he's still alive right now. Oh, I love that phrase. It's <laughs> my favorite thing now. Uh, the cloak of toxic masculinity. <laughs> Um, yeah, so Nico just says, go away, and they're gone. Flames erupted from the fissure. The earth swallowed the skeletons in one loud crunch. Crunch. And Percy's like, how did you do that? (laughs) (laughs) But, but Nico says, go away to Percy. And thank God, he, the same thing doesn't happen to him. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That would suck. That's it. That, I, mean, I, think, that's, I think that's. I think that's nice. It's like Nico doesn't like hate Percy so much. He's gonna, you know, kill him, descend him, and yeah, kill him. At least there's that. <laughs> Unalive him, <laughs> as they say on TikTok. Um, I was kind of figuring it was more just like he has influence over undead, but not over uh, Percy because he's not dead yet. Um. I I don't know that Nico did any of this shit on purpose just now. <laughs> I think if he had like really wanted Percy dead in that moment, Percy probably would have died. Yeah, I I definitely think it's like it's definitely fueled by his emotions, and he's like he he doesn't want the skeletons to kill him, so they go away, and he doesn't actually want to kill Percy. So mm. it's like yeah, he. He's, he has complicated feelings going on that direction. <laughs> Indeed. <laughs> you know, because uh, they were, like, kind of getting along before. He idolized you know, this little... boy. Yeah. Just a yeah. little bit. And, Just a little and bit of hero worship there. I feel like that's why this feeling of betrayal hits Nico so hard here, is mm-hmm. that, you know, he did trust Percy. <laughs> yeah. And now he does not anymore. <laughs> it's one of those all or nothing type things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then Percy uh, trips over the the statue like a bitch. Um, how does how did he not recognize it was Hades? Because this yeah, that's weird. We talked about like oh he doesn't recognize who it is. I wonder if that means anything. But like we we knew it didn't, and it's just <laughs> weird. It's just weird. Yeah, it's it's very strange because you know we know that this is from the actual god place and that Percy says that he recognizes the face. Like, it actively looks like Hades, who is a person who Percy has met. Yep. And it's like, I don't, it's I not don't like, know why you were confused about this. Yeah, it's not like he had, like, no reason to think it would be Hades. He knew it was a god. Like, it shouldn't have been that difficult to form the connection, but... <laughs> um, so, Blake, we also have a theory about Mythomagic um, because of, because the figure was in the junkyard where all of Hephaestus's, like, shit goes. Um, our theory is that Hephaestus made mythomagic. <laughs> so it's it's just fanfic about his family, basically. <laughs> Imagine if you gave all of your family power rankings. <laughs> I mean, you're suggesting I don't already do that. Oh. Uh, <laughs> my mistake. <laughs> and then you made Dionysus like weak as shit. <laughs> but I still think you're cool, wine dude. It's for balance. It's fine. <laughs> oh my god. So so is that that's that's like setup number six? Um, I guess. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Is that combined that, with with? I feel the like next that counts as two setup points. Is it two? I mean, I just mean like it's it's so large. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah. It's, it's the fact that TBH. Nico was going to come back, and then and then the next conversation about he's a son of Hades is like mm-hmm. the next one after that because it implies some things. And they have to talk about yeah, true. what it means. Yeah. Yeah, true yeah. So I even would yeah, that's that's two points. We're up to six now. Because because I think we're at seven. Nico prophecy shit. Oh yeah, seven. Yeah. Or I I don't know. I can't count. We're at seven. Um <laughs> Yeah, Nico hates Percy now and is an incredibly powerful demigod. Plus, now Percy has to uh, purposefully try to take the prophecy onto himself that he never wanted because he doesn't want it to fall to Nico. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, last chapter we talked about how Thalia purposely put it on Percy. She's like, I'm not claiming this Mm -hmm. prophecy. I will not be the person because I need to take a fucking break. And then... (laughs) She's like, good luck, Percy. valid of her. <laughs> good luck, bro. <laughs> yeah. And now he's like, oh, oh, I see. I can't put it on this kid because he's had it even worse. So 
I have to take it. <laughs> Bro. I mean, it's not like you can make Nico grow six years in the two you have. But you know, but still. We, we don't know that. The, the, this is the land of magic <laughs> and gods. Um, anything is possible. Happened. More fucked up shit has happened. Like, he stayed <laughs> 10 years old for like 80 years. So. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so who knows? We could age him six years in the span of one. We don't know. Uh, yeah, so he's the son of Hades. But Hades did not break the oath. He yes, did not. I find that very funny. I um, love that. It, it makes me so happy. <laughs> it's like, yep, Hades so, followed yeah. the rules. We still get kids of Hades, but... You know, you know why he didn't break the oath? Because he's the fucking god of the underworld. Like, the goddess of, like, oaths, Styx, is, like, right there. He knows her power. <laughs> he's like, I ain't gonna do that. I'm, like, the god of the underworld and riches. I'm a businessman. I don't break no oaths. Come on. <laughs> yeah. So... Yeah, he's got shit to do, TBH. People die so so much, guys. Yeah, they they really do. He's he's got too much shit going on. Um, oh, we we talk about that lawyer again who who just appeared and took them out of the Lotus Hotel. Uh, is that a setup? Is that setup number eight? <laughs> I mean, I it's, don't know that that's coming back. It's a little immediately, thing, but, but it's, it's not. It's I, a, I feel like that's... Yeah, I don't know that I. That's not really important. <laughs> it's important to me, but I don't know if it's yeah. important to everything else. <laughs> There is just a random lawyer who got someone out of the Lotus Casino. A little something. A little flavoring for y'all. Yeah. So, Percy's taking it on. And, God, this boy, I want to protect (laughs) him, too. I want to protect them all. Okay, when Percy is, like, explaining this, you're like, okay, I, that makes total sense. Like, you're trying to protect this kid? Valid. Gotcha. And then he just tells Chiron that Nico, like, ran offed. <laughs> and he's gone forever now. Don't worry about it. And Chiron just accepts that. And I'm like, oh no, this is a terrible idea. That's how this you protect someone. Just let them run idea. off and go off on their own. Go off on their own. When we know that fucking Luke is out there and he's already tried to get like another child of the big three on mm-hmm, his team. Mm-hmm. And you're like, well, mm, we've made some fucking mistakes. Have we not? Well, Chiron, they don't tell Chiron that he's a son of Hades. That is important. They do not. Yes. They only tell... Uh, Percy only tells Annabeth and Grover. That's it. Um, mm-hmm. And he's like, we're going to keep this yeah. a secret. And I'm like, I think that's a terrible fucking idea. I don't think Kyra needs to know shit because he doesn't tell anyone else shit. So I think this is well-deserved payback, personally. But it's always a bad idea. True. Sorry, Blake, what were you saying? <laughs> well, I, I just think, you know, letting Nico run off was like maybe a bad idea just for Percy and Annabeth and Grover, too. Like maybe they shouldn't have just let him run off like that. Like Or like yeah. they should have like maybe tried to go after him or I don't know. Literally anything. Like, that's a 10-year-old. Is he going- What are you expecting him to do? Like, beyond Luke, like, they just know that monsters are after Nico. Like- Yeah. (laughs) We've just established that he is, in fact, incredibly powerful, which, I mean, means that he can presumably maybe defend himself, but also means that the monsters are, like, scenting him out like bloodhounds. Like, well, oh my god. Okay, but also, remember, he's, like, a child of Hades, um- he, he can do what he just did, which was pretty cool. Um, and, like, the other monsters in, like, the first book, weren't they all sent from Hades to, to go after Percy, right? So, like, you would think that, like, maybe less monsters would come after Nico, or at least well, not the Hades well, monsters. But but aren't monsters, they, like, always saying that, like, yeah. it's dangerous to be a half-blood and not, like, at it's, Camp Half-Blood? Yeah. yeah. It's dangerous to be a half-blood. It is even more dangerous to be a powerful half-blood. And the Titan army already sniffed out Bianca and Nico before when they were at the military school. So, like... We know that, like, at least somebody's looking for them and any random random monster is going to want to eat him. I'm just thinking that maybe hellhounds and the Furies are not going to attack him at the very least. Mm, okay, no, that's true. But there are lots of monsters there are, out there. There, there are, are many other monsters. other monsters. Yeah, there's a lot of stuff. But yeah, the fact that Chiron's like, I hope he was eaten um, instead of, like, being recruited by Gluke. Um, and then Percy's like, mm, I have a bad feeling about that. And I'm like, oh, don't say that in the final chapter. Then that makes it set up, Percy. <laughs> <laughs> That's that just, like, I don't like that. I just don't like that line. <laughs> like, I hope he was eaten by monsters. Chiron, that's fucked up. I get that you don't want him to be recruited, but, like, 
Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Like, we already know that, like, Annabeth wouldn't agree with that shit, you know? She still wants to redeem fucking Luke, so... <laughs> which we do talk about, which Percy is also upset about, which could... Which is, like, half a setup point. <laughs> you know? You know? Because we know that she's still feeling like that. Hey, remember who has the gray streaks? Annabeth, Percy, and Luke! I'm, I'm not gonna stop. Truth. I'm not gonna stop bringing it up. They're connected. <laughs> See, and I think that you're trying to make me uncomfortable, but that doesn't make me uncomfortable because I've rationalized it. But I think you're making yourself and maybe the audience uncomfortable. <laughs> I'm trying to make everyone uncomfortable, if possible. <laughs> to be like, Rick, why did you do that? That's not, that's not okay. It's fine. It's literally fine. Y'all are the ones making it weird. <laughs> I'm just it's it's like the the Percy Jackson world version of the red thread of fate. That's that's what that's what my mind is going to. Like they're connected, you know. I know like the red thread of fate is supposed to be like romantic or whatever, but why does connection have to be romantic? If that exactly was, true. Like, Blake, we are the same fucking person. Uh, <laughs> Blake also goes by Ray, so, so like, <laughs> we we are connecting. We That's, are mind-melding. <laughs> my theory is that you two are actually the same person, but I've, I've now seen you, like, on the same Zoom call in different squares, <laughs> so I guess you can't be? I don't know. No, sh- Charlie, this is an elaborate hoax. Yeah, uh, don't worry. This is my body double. I've had one for years and I just haven't told you. <laughs> wait, no, I know it. I know it. You're variants. You are variants of each other. Y'all have seen, um, have you seen Loki? I, I was thinking that <sighs> we just um, recorded one beforehand and predicted every single conversation <laughs> piece that was going to happen. <laughs> like in like in Doctor Who, when he does that re- recording that replies to you. Oh my god. <laughs> Good episode. Love Blink. Um, it, yeah, yeah. Anyways. <laughs> yeah, um, oh, it- is it a bit of setup that Annabeth's gonna be in San Fran? Is that is that set up? Uh um that's not set up any more than Percy going home for Christmas is set up. I guess you not. know, that's not next book. You know what I mean? That's uh uh continuity. Yeah. Also, but that's it is more interesting a, though. That's more of a conclusion of this book than it is going to bring up things in the next one. I couldn't remember for a second. I was just like, where are we? Oh right. Annabeth's gonna actually go check out Mount Tam and make sure the Titans don't pull right. anything. So, uh, potentially, that could be set up for setup. Um, <laughs> if Annabeth <laughs> does notice anything at Mount at the... Is it called Mount Tam? I thought it started with an O. But I... Uh, so I got confused when okay, I was reading so that. Okay, so there's but... the actual mountain, like, in California, and then there's, like, the oh, Titan mountain gotcha. that, like, okay. is, is there. Yeah, there's two. I'm following now. <laughs> yeah, so... Of course, uh, they're gonna wait until the summer because you gotta wait till Percy's out of school this time. We're we're <laughs> we're gonna wait. It's it's the Harry Potter effect. <laughs> Voldemort only came at the end of the school year. Um, so this is the opposite of Harry Potter, where things can only happen during the school year. This time, things only happen during summer and then the Christmas special. As you know, that's as true. You this do. this book is <laughs> Percy Jackson the Christmas special. Even though we never actually see Christmas, I want to see Demigod Christmas. Like, like, uh, what's the what's the holiday that's it? Is it Saturnalia? That's like yeah, the one. That's the one that's in like December. That's technically Roman Heck though. Yeah, bruh. I I want to see. It still slaps. So I want to see demigod Saturnalia. <laughs> Heck yeah, bruh. Get crazy with it. They get drunk on nectar, but like it's not actually drunk. <laughs> it's just like magically powerful or something. I don't know. Dionysus spikes the nectar. <laughs> okay, well, there's the cliffhanger. We, we, we drank a lot of coffee and we're playing music because Grover's the bard. So <laughs> Pan awaits him and that's it. Grover always seems very not good <laughs> when Pan <laughs> talks to him. Well, you know, I mean, I he has been drinking like gallons of coffee. I don't think he's doing very well just in general. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That'll, that'll fuck you up. <laughs> like, like last time I'm going to say it was Pan's magic and the coffee. This time it's definitely more the coffee. Um... <laughs> because <laughs> last time we got like a blessing from the wild like outright this time it was just a little voice talk you know this is more coffee talk okay <laughs> hey yeah hey i don't i we're about to wrap up so i just want to emphasize to y'all nico lost his only family 
That's yeah. the, the person who basically raised him. And she left him on purpose because she wanted to live her own life, which is valid of her. But that doesn't mean that it's not valid of him to have felt very lonely and upset about a lot of things. Yeah. And then she fucking died while he wasn't even there. Yeah. And that's fucked up. <clears throat> that's fucked up. Um, yeah. Blake, what are what are your feelings about the whole Bianca situation? We've we've talked about it a lot ourselves. Well, I, I, you know, she, she she's valid for like wanting to like live her own life, but I think she could have, you know, maybe done that without like leaving to join the hunters like the second she got the chance to do so. And I don't know. I just I just feel like it's like it's almost like Nico didn't really fully understand what like or like Nico didn't fully understand what was going on with Bianca before she died, and that kind of makes me sad too. Like, mm. I hundred percent agree. Like, um, the issue for me is that no one communicated with Nico. I see True. now that this is a continuation of a problem. <laughs> like. We like, I have no issues with Bianca having made the choices that she did, but I do think that she should have had a conversation with her brother probably beforehand. Yeah. Like, just to keep him updated on what's going on in her life. Like, oh my god. Just a little bit. Just a wee bit. And then no one even told him that she died. <laughs> This shit would not have happened if someone else had fucking talked to Nico and helped him process his emotions. Like an adult, Chiron. Yeah, I just, I just wonder what Nico is even doing during those, during that time that, uh, Percy and everyone else was gone. Like, was anyone talking to him, like helping him, or was he just chilling? Yeah, because camp is even like emptier than usual, and he's stuck in the Hermes cabin. There's only like hanging out with the Stoll brothers, maybe ten people definitely cheating him out of his money. There's maybe ten people at camp total, but like less than that because all the questers left. So it's like the Stoll brothers, Selena, um. Some so areas guy who's in the felt, hospital like, even more lonely and lost than he's ever felt before, and then <sighs> yeah, my emo son. <laughs> I, like I hope you enjoyed talking this, about Nico. I just feel like for like every appearance Nico has in this book, people are just like, you know, like, especially towards the beginning, people are just like just kind of disregarding him as like, mm-hmm. this is just, he, he'll be fine, you know? And then he's not fine. He's not. Yeah. Yeah, he, get, he got brushed off as annoying like so many times in those early chapters. Yeah. And yeah, when he was just a small boy with his hyperfixations. He was so happy earlier in this book. He really remember that. I remember happy Nico. Oh well, we won't see him for maybe a long time. Potentially a long time. Yeah. Yeah. Um, is Nico ever happy? Don't say that. I don't want to think about it. Oh well, it's fine. He's entered his emo era, and he's a son of Hades, so. His goth era. I mean, it's it's thematically appropriate, so. Yeah, he was legally mandated to enter an emo era at some point. But (laughs) but he has to become full goth, too. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. (laughs) I I don't think that's a spoiler. His dad is Hades. (laughs) (laughs) It's literally his fucking dad. Yeah, Rick's not that subversive. (laughs) The the only thing Percy is missing is wearing Hawaiian shirts every day. Um, I think he deserves to do that. He does. I think he should, yeah. That's we've we've talked about what an adult Percy would be like before. I I could definitely feel the vibe. <laughs> I've I've drawn a picture of what I think um older Percy would wear and it was like a plaid Hawaiian shirt. Um because I'm like he's that guy who has like just just no fashion. Um <laughs> yeah, the only reason I can think of is that he wouldn't wear Hawaiian shirts all the time is because his dad does, and that's like a little awkward. But I hope he can come into his own enough to, to rock his own style of Hawaiian shirts. Well spoken. But indeed, Percy would get like cool ones. He would he would have like a good dad vibe, and not like the the shitty not there dad vibe. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah, Poseidon does feel very vacation dad. I feel like Percy's Hawaiian shirt vibe is more like a cool beach dude. <laughs> He's a surfer, bro. I mean, Nico literally asked, like, are you good at surfing? <laughs> we already know. You know you would be Percy. We know Get on he it. skates. So it's only logical that he could surf, right? It's just skating, right? but on water. Like, I'm I, sure there's not, no other I watched else. Johnny Tsunami that's... and Johnny Kapahala. I know that Percy could do it <laughs> if he 
If that kid could do that's it, definitely, Percy could. That's definitely not how it works whatsoever at all, except <laughs> for the fact that he is the son of the sea god, and so that is definitely how it works. <laughs> and then he just needs to learn how to snowboard, because that's just, that's still water. <laughs> complete the trifecta. Yeah, <laughs> literally. Oh my god. Well, what are our thoughts on this book as a whole? Do we do we have feelings, thoughts, opinions? Uh, kind of slaps. Pretty good. Uh, it, Percy Jackson got depressing. <clears throat> not that not that there hasn't been like deeply depressing, like super emotional shit in the first two books, but like it it is the first time we've allowed children to die. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel like it's a definite turning point for the series. Yeah, absolutely. As the middle book in the series, just in the first place, it's gotta... It's gotta have that. This is like, oh, the great stirring is happening. Like, shit's getting real. We have, like, we're talking about war. Like, this, the skeletons right. are dressed up like they're an army. We have a general. Like, we're setting up for a war. That's what this book is about. Mm-hmm. It's constant militarism, and it's it really does change the vibe from like individualistic quests where where certain heroes are going to save the day by doing this one thing, which is what we've always been doing before, even though it hasn't ever quite worked out like that, you know, because the bad guys have big plans and whatnot. But like now, it is becoming more collectivist, more armies, more uh, shits going down. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like the the. The first three quests so far that we've had, like, the hero's still doing, like, this one thing, but it's still all been leading up to, like, the Titan's plan. It's, you know, mm -hmm, it's very mm -hmm. good in that way, right? We had, like, the, the possible idea of, like, oh, we're gonna use the lightning bolt to start the war that way, or we're gonna uh, yeah. use the fleece to make Kronos alive, or bring Thalia back from the dead <laughs> to mess shit up, and then Artemis. Right, but those are, like, singular big plays, as opposed to, like, this, like, methodical building up of an army, mm -hmm. which is a lot more of the feeling in this book. Yeah, but it's still, like, it's in the background of, like, the, the whole quest that's going on in this book. And, yeah. Yeah. Good, good All shit, right. my dudes. Good shit. I know that this is a lot of people's favorites book. Um, I I honestly can't pick a favorite out of the three that I've read recently. I don't even know anymore. So maybe I'll come up with an opinion once we get to the end of this series. Maybe I won't because sometimes I just don't. <laughs> uh, it makes decisions. What's yeah, big mood. Uh, Charlie, do you have any thoughts or feelings about that? I mean, is this one of the better ones? It is definitely one of the better ones. Um, I always like like the first one to be of any series to be my favorite, just because I'm like it feels mm -hmm, like mm -hmm. coming home that's to the I series. Yeah. Like whenever mm -hmm. I like go right back to the beginning and dive right mm -hmm. in. That's that's how I always feel about it. But this is also yeah. a very good book because Nico. Yeah. Uh, what about you, Blake? Uh, yeah. I mean, for me personally, more than anyone, anything or anyone else in this series, I latched on to Nico so dramatically that, mm. like, I, I just, I, I, I can't not love this book because it has Nico in it. It's, in, it's Nico's introduction, and he's here, and um, I'm so glad to see him again. Uh, it was so fun reading this again. Yeah. Kind of fucked up, though. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's, it's a bit depressing, but, you know... <laughs> It's fucked up, right. you know. It's a it's a middle grade urban fantasy. That's how it be. <laughs> well, damn! I think we did it. I think we read a book. We we how about that we did we read a fucking book? Mm -hmm. Um, yeah. And then next time, uh, we're gonna be talking about the musical. That's gonna be pretty yes. cool because I'm very excited. I'm very excited for everyone to get mad at me. Oh <laughs> no! Bray, am I gonna have to kick you off the pod? <laughs> Probably. <laughs> I I. We'll get into it later. We'll get into it. It'll be fine. I'll I'll have thoughts and feelings. Oh boy. Oh boy. <laughs> um yeah, well, Blake, uh do you want the people to find you on the internet? Do you want to be just a, an entity? within this podcast no I, I can plug my tumblr because that is the only place i am online which is uh snake fashion um well you know everyone's going back to tumblr now so everyone is going yeah. back to tumblr it's making a comeback Tum i got a follower today it definitely wasn't your blog uh, uh yeah <laughs> i might i might have made an of the oldest gods tumblr um of the oldest at of the oldest gods pod uh <laughs> oh <laughs> Listen, Twitter's dying. It's we got to do something. Twitter is fucking dying. 
I'm I I'm really wondering what's gonna happen first: this uh, episode releasing or Twitter <laughs> disappearing <laughs> off the face of the internet. We'll see. We'll see. But we'll probably we'll see. have to. There'll be some dra- dramatic irony either way when people are listening to this. <laughs> we'll probably have to edit our credits anyway. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, my dudes, what have we been um, watching, reading, listening to recently that we'd like to plug on the pod? Um, I'd like to plug um, an individual novel series called Butterfly Soup. There are two games. Uh, you can find them on itch.io. Um, both of them are free, like pay as you wish. And the tagline is, uh, it's a visual novel about young lesbian asian american girls playing baseball and falling in love fuck yes that good. sounds amazing I'm they're, they're very good they're speak. very good and they're full of memes it's great love Heck that yes. i'm so excited the second one just came out like at the end of october i think so Ooh, that's very exciting excellent um uh we already set up what i wanted to talk about yeah. which like i know that somebody's already brought it up as a plug but i have might, might as fact. well do it again listen okay. i plugged something i wasn't sure if it was your that you plugged before too like we both plugged spy family <laughs> within like a couple weeks of each other and i forgot yeah that's true it deserves two plugs it's a good show it's it is um uh, i finally caught up on the owl house uh i'm so happy i took forever to watch the second half of season two um and that was because i know how i am and i know how i live and um one i binged the entirety of season 2b which is 11 episodes in one sitting yeah um, How you feel? And I had fucking heart palpitations. Like, holy fucking shit. Bro. It got real in there. Yeah, it did. Um, yeah, it fucking did. The, and then, uh, so, um, in case any of y'all are unaware, The Owl House, show on Disney. You, you know. You know them. 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 <laughs> um, the Owl House uh, got canceled. Uh, they knew, I believe, as they were going into season two. That they were not going to be able to finish with a full three seasons. What they did get was the full second season and then three specials, which are going to come out a few months apart from each other. Did you? We don't have a release date. Did you watch the for first the second one? episode? Yes, I did. <laughs> Holy shit! Holy shit! Uh, um, <laughs> good, good. Um, so so that's where the show is at right now. It's got two more specials and then it's going to end. Um. You know, it got canceled for mysterious reasons. Uh, Gay. And in other Gay. news, uh, the the <laughs> the first episode of season three had some real good fucking gay shit. Uh, they, we had non-binary colors. We had pride flags. We had they them pronouns. I we love had- it. I love it so much. So thank you, Dana Terrace. Um, um, just to like, uh, I'll I'll try to be fast. Owl House has like a little bit of Gravity Falls vibes. You know, Alex Hirsch works on it as well. Um, and so it, it definitely has some of that lineage. Um, so if you like that show, you might want to check this one out. So to start off, season one was like not super my vibe, TBH, which uh, I said TBH a lot this episode. Don't worry about it. Um, <laughs> wow. So, so like it was a little over episodic for me and a lot of stuff didn't like quite click and I was like okay I enjoy this but it's not like my favorite thing um season two they they knew that they were gonna get caught off fast so they're like okay we have all this plot to do we're just gonna do it I have never seen shit paced this well in my fucking life like like season one I'm like Oh, the pacing feels weird. I don't know what's why they're doing it quite like this. I feel like we should have had more information earlier. I don't know. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Uh, season two, I am like, it is tight. Like, this shit is tight as fuck. It is so good. Yeah. Like, it is. Yeah. <laughs> it is some of the best cartoon writing I've ever seen. It's like miraculous what they've been able to accomplish. Miraculous? Like, I am. Miraculous. Like another cartoon I know. <laughs> like what I was watching before we started. <laughs> <laughs> I should watch that show too. <laughs> but I, I can only think about one thing at a time, okay? Mood. I'm, I, I've read so many. It's been like four days maybe since I watched it, maybe three. Uh, I've read uh, dozens of fan fictions. I watched Good. reaction videos Good. of the episodes that I had watched uh, three times. Um, <laughs> I'm. This is how I live. I can only do one thing at a time. 
I'm gonna have to talk to you about it after we re- we're done. Good. Anyways, um, so that's that's my endorsement is that like in season two, shit hits the fan in the best possible way. Like I've seen shows that had more time do shit like more rushed and like worse feeling. Like they just it's it's literally incredible. I love it so much. So if you haven't given it a shot, I'd say probably do. This is this is you the know, second recommendation you've gotten, and it's way better than mine was. So I'm pretty sure I just said. <laughs> yeah, I didn't house. even tell you anything about Watch the it. plot or anything. I was I'm just like. Mm. I, anyways, I have to stop now. I was like, I'll be short, and then I wasn't. <laughs> Amazing. Good. Um. Well, literally today I finished reading a book. Oh, that Ooh. wasn't Titan's Curse. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so you finished reading two books today. That's true. I did. I did. Different points in the day. Um, so <laughs> I finally got around to reading Red, White, and Royal Blue, um, oh. <laughs> which was a book recommended very highly to me by a friend who is no longer with us. So, yeah. Ugh, Charlie, we are crying on the podcast. Yeah, Come on now. Listen, I've been crying as I've been reading it because I'm like, I can't talk oh. to her about it. So I'm sad. Oh. Yeah. But, but I I hope that's very sweet though. I hope Becca, wherever you are, you know that I really liked it. So it's a good book. It's a good gay book. We love shit that's gay. All of our recommendations were gay. <laughs> that slaps. It's true. <laughs> I wonder why. Is it because we're all gay? <laughs> I think queer people mm. make podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> queer people make good podcasts. There's a difference. <laughs> uh, true. Uh, well, that is it for the pod today. That is it. Um, what what happened in this chapter? I need a I need an outro. <laughs> Uh, um get out of my fucking cabin because like nico oh, shut up charlie i'm gonna run away forever into the woods to get eaten by monsters <laughs> oh i was gonna say my brother <laughs> ran away into the woods who got eaten by monsters so get out of my fucking cabin you don't even have a brother <laughs> you're an only child oh no that's nico! how charlie became an only child nico was <laughs> eaten by monsters so i'm an only child no! now <laughs> I don't think that's I don't I don't think that's how only children work. I think if, <laughs> if your sibling dies, I don't think that makes you suddenly an only child. But that's just my opinion. I mean, I don't know. <laughs> it's just my opinion, man. Oh well. Either way, get out of my fucking cabin. I'm sad now. Oh. <laughs> Find this podcast socials at Of the Eldest Gods Pod on Instagram and at Of the Eldest Gods on Twitter. You can send an Iris message to us through Of the Eldest Gods Pod at gmail.com. If you'd like to support us financially, join us at patreon.com slash of the eldest gods. By becoming a patron, you can join the Deus Ex Media Discord server, where you'll be able to chat with us and other listeners about episodes and anything Percy Jackson related. Our $5 Patreon tier also gets you access to Against All Odds, our monthly bonus show. There, we'll talk about a wide variety of topics, which usually have something to do with mythology. Uh, no promises. You can check out our merch store on TeePublic to find custom designs made by Charlie. Or, if you cannot or do not want to support us financially, we'd really appreciate a rating, a review, or letting your friends and followers know how much you love the podcast. That really helps. You can find me, Ray, at HeyHeyRay, spelled R-A-Y-E, on Twitter. If you want to hear more from me, check out Barbie Movie Slap, a podcast where my co-host Ted and I discuss Barbie's cinematic universe. You can follow me, Charlie, at GreenPixie12 on most platforms, but on Twitter, I'm at GreenPixie123, which I'm totally not salty about. I also have an art Instagram that I sometimes use at GreenPixieDraws. I sometimes do the YouTube thing on my channel, Charlie Mac, that's M-A-C-K. And I also have another podcast on the network called Fandoms Gone Wrong, where my mom and I talk about movies, TV shows, books, whatever other fandoms we enjoy. You can find that on all the major podcasting apps. Our music was written by Isabel Strauss-Riggs and recorded and edited by Ian M. Riggs. You can find Izzy at Kane underscore I, that's I is in the body part, on Instagram and Twitter. She also currently makes video essays on the YouTube channel Kane I. Feel free to message her about making music for your project or editing your podcast. Of the Oldest Gods is proud to be a part of Deus Ex Media, which features great podcasts like The Restricted Section, a chapter-by-chapter Harry Potter pod with lots of spoilers all the time. 
What's up, potheads? We're the restricted section, a raunchy, rowdy, rambling, unabashedly pro-trans rights Harry Potter book club podcast hosted by a bunch of nihilistic millennial assholes who are desperately clinging to childhood fantasy as a way to escape the monotony of our nine to five work culture and the inevitable extinction of the human race at our own hands. Isn't it wild that this book series was spontaneously created by the gods and has no actual author? The restricted section features a bunch of nerds with potty mouths rereading the Harry Potter series for what has to be like the third to 20th time and discussing the way the story and its themes have stayed with each and every one of us into our adulthood. We would love for you to join us every Wednesday wherever pods are cast. Of the Eldest Gods is based on the series by Rick Riordan. Right now, we are discussing Percy Jackson and the Olympians. Remember to follow us on your favorite podcatcher and meet us back here every Thursday. Um, my, one of my nicknames for them is Snorlax. That's a big mood. You know, we when, are like the same person, right? <laughs> I I have I have evidence to prove you. Please, you have like a bunch of the same fandoms. Maybe not all of them, <laughs> but like a lot of them. You also both have cats. Um, you're both non-binary. You're the same person. <laughs> I think the difference is the amount of Barbie. I think that's one of the major differences. Mm. Dave X Media.